Hey guys, it's Nick. Just waiting for Ryan to show up, and then we're going to start this tonight's episode, which is 86. We're going to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy and the Christ on Infinite Earths. And here's Ryan calling in. Hey Ryan, what's up? Hey, no phone call ringing this week. Nope. <laughs> All right. You ready to roll? Sure. All right. Welcome everybody to the It's Too Wordy Comic Book. Com- oh wow, let's try that again. Welcome everybody to the It's Too Wordy Comic Book Podcast, where a couple of buddies talk about comics from their childhood and today. I'm Ryan, and I'm Nick. And today we have issue three of Crisis on Infinite Earths, and issue number nine of Guardians of the Galaxy. Could not tell you what series because they've had so many of them. It is volume six. Is this really volume six? Yes. This seems ah. like five too many volumes. Yeah. I'll say four. Four too many volumes. Because I really did like the Abnett and the Landing Run. Yep. <laughs> I really wish they would get them back. Yeah. Or at least half of them, for Pete's sake. Right. We'll talk about uh, an Abnett book later. Cool. All right. All right. So... He just brought one out. All so, right. So. so I thought this was going to be the story of how he gets out of the cancer verse and how he's not the Chris Pratt star Lord. And that guy's a, an abomination that needs to go away. And that this was actually our Peter Quill that went into the cancer verse and came out, but that's not what this is. This makes. Uh, okay. Now, I might be new to Al Ewing's writing. This, this is a good story. Maybe? I don't know. It was all over the place. Yeah, it was in order, but it's still a weird, convoluted mess. That's how I see it. So Peter's dead in the Guardians of the Galaxy for the second time in 10 years. Yeah. And he's in another reality in this. And he apparently is there for, it says in here how many years he's in there. About 144 years. Yeah. In a world kind of like, I don't know. I mean, he's talking to, I'm going to guess, and it's not, is it his father, the master of the sun? Or is it the guy who trained him, but he's crossed out in the beginning. So there's no master of the sun. He never existed, but he's having dreams of the master of the sun, telling them that he's going to bring him or make him into a star Lord. Right? Yeah. And then he wakes up in this weird house. After like 12 days, he wakes up and there's like, he's completely naked. He's walking around and they leave his, his gun there. And he's like, well, you know, I, I guess I can trust them. They just took my clothes, but they left me my gun. 
Okay, that's that, that that yeah. Okay, yeah, I see that. You know that that makes a lot of sense. That just means you can't run away. Right. Um, and he goes outside and he meets this dude that is blue, like. And then he's like, "Yeah, be our guest," you know. And he's like, "Where am I?" Well, and it never says, does it? He says, where the hell am I? And all it has is a picture of him riding on the back of a turtle in space. Uh, He's on the world beyond the sun. Well, it says the land is Moranus. Yep. The world beyond the sun, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. You know, and he even says that, oh, cool. You know, which is like... (laughs) And then it just, he suddenly has his uniform, but it's not the uniform from the Guardians. It's the original blue and yellow. Right. From the 70s. And he's hanging out with these two people, like, for all this time. And they're like, you know, you could join us. You, and our bond could be better. And he's like, well, yeah, on Earth, we, uh, we, have, we pick one. We don't, we don't uh, join married couples right (laughs) it's like well all right you're a weird one pete and pete walks off and dude this this story is so it's not easy to just say what it's about so pretty much all it is is him on this planet for 145 44 years evolving and changing into something else like he's still peter but he's a different kind of star Lord now. And he comes back at the end and he travels back home and he sees rocket and Nova. And they're like, you know, Holy Flark, is that you? And he's like, well, what happened to me? And rocket's like, Oh crap. You might want to look behind you. And uh, it's null as a giant Raptor. (sighs) And even Peter says, why? Why? <laughs> and I want to say it just like that, too. Like, why is he in this? Why does he have to be in everything? But it's Marvel, and of course, they're doing their obligatory three crossovers per year. Yep. And I don't know. This didn't make me want to buy any more Guardians of the Galaxy, I'll tell you that. No. You know, what I did like out of all of it was... They went through the houses, like the first house, the house of the beginnings, and it coincided with what he was actually doing. Right. You know, second house, uh, possessions. Oh, here's my gun. You know, third house, or, yeah, third house, uh, they didn't have a name for it. The house of communication. He starts talking to the guy. You know, I really dug that, and I actually liked the page layout for those. Mm -hmm. The story was crap. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was a neat idea. I really appreciated that. But the story as a whole was not good. I was no, waiting for just... Black Mask to show up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, it's, not, it's not up to par of what this book was before. Yeah. And, and on the cover, it says liftoff, 4321. 
is that leading into something? Yeah, into cancellation. <laughs> you know, Guardians can't go more than 15. No, no. I mean, it was, it was lucky that it went before. And now everybody's like, well, why can't we have that back? And it's like, well, you guys screwed up and you didn't buy it when it was out. Right. I'm sorry, you missed probably one of the best books of the early 2000s. Yeah. Or late 2000s, you know. It's like, you missed out. So. Yeah, and, it is a tough one. Yeah. It Yeah, like I said, I would keep my four bucks and buy something else. Uh-huh. Agreed. All right. Should we switch over to something that's better? <laughs> sure, let's do it. All right. So Crisis on Infinite Earths, issue three. Um, so last time we were talking about issue two, we were talking about how like, Alexander Luther is getting older. Now he's like a, what, a teenager? Yeah, he's a teenager and, now. And the monitor study and, you know, and... He's saying that he can do great things, but you have no idea what because he's still in a he's bubble boy currently. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, let's see. Harbinger is working for the other side. Yep. And did I miss something? When did Psycho Pirate end up with these guys? He was on the planet with Arion and kind of taking it out on him. And I don't remember him. He got he taken? taken on like page 22 of last issue well, where okay. it was in the dark. He's like, what happened? Where am I? That's what it was. Okay. Yep. And the psycho and the animator was like psycho pirate. I need you. And he yeah, took that's what it, yeah. Um, we catch up with the flash and He's got a message for uh, the people back in time, which happen to be the Teen Titans and the Outsiders. Jericho's look, I, I got to say, I he would be one character I would be all for them doing a new look for if they brought him back. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a hard sell for me back in the day. Like, <laughs> it's not good. I liked his powers, but his suit and his hair was just like, oh my god, you are related oh. to Bloodstrike or Deathstroke? You know, Deathstroke. Was like, <laughs> You're the nerd of the group, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like the the kid that came from the hippie family that really liked the Ren Fair. <laughs> oh, oh wow, yeah, not a, this book did not age well as far as visually um, but they're in the process of saving uh, the city <clears throat> and metamorphos uh, metamorpho metamorphos oh my God. metamorpho metamorpho thank you uh, I really like that using his powers to stretch out wrap around the building mm -hmm. keep that up um, 
we saw some really great teamwork for between the Teen Titans and the Outsiders to do this. Uh, but this did drive the point home for me that Starfire, I can't stand her. I could never stand her. <laughs> she is unbelievably whiny. She, yeah, she's always been. Oh, it's horrible. Bring in her sister and let her just kick ass and call it good. Um, and then one of the power pack is in this. Who's this? <laughs> no, that's not. <laughs> Halo. She, she's one of the. Uh, she's one of the outsiders. Oh, okay. Yeah, she looks like a reject from Power Pack or a really bad advertisement for the old Atari boxes. If you remember, yes, that. Much. <laughs> she, she was the hot girl in the Outsiders. <laughs> what you don't think oh. so? Look at that. She looks like a ColecoVision box. <laughs> Nobody's ever going to be able to read this the same now. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's very rainbow bright yeah just yeah. missing the unicorn um that comes later <laughs> superman and batman show up you know nowadays you don't see them really interacting with teen titans i mean i know it's batman and the outsiders but i read one batman and the outsiders series where he was like in the first issue and then he never showed up again. He's like, yeah, you guys are good. And they still called it Batman and the outsiders. They had to sell uh, it. <laughs> yeah. And it actually looked like, you know, this is a tolerable Batman, not the race trying to figure things out like a right. detective would. Uh huh. Um, the flash appears and Batman's trying to catch him and Jericho jumps in and, knocks Batman over to prevent him from touching the Flash as the Flash goes really fuzzy and then poof, gone. And it blows all the Outsiders in the Teen Titans' minds because they're all standing there with the jaws open. We get our first <laughs> appearance of Brainiac. Yeah, this uh, is the Brainiac that I love. Oh, yeah. I love that ship. Uh-huh. It, it's the Brainiac that they put into superpowers. Yep. The cool looking. Yeah. Like the robot. Yeah. Yep. Now I loved this part because there's uh, the monitor still seeing seeing teams out. He sent out Dr. Polaris, Geoforce and the blue beetle. And they go back in time to world war two for in the country where Geoforce is from. And the whole battle's going on, and Easy Company's there, as is the Haunted Tank, and you don't see interaction between these groups very often. It's usually, they're off in their own military books, they don't really acknowledge superheroes exist, and vice versa. And it was really neat to see that in here. I forgot about it, I thought it was fantastic. Um, they will have to update issue three, though. There is a Confederate flag flying. Um, so I'll have to take that down, I suppose. But, uh, you know, 
I thought it was really neat how Blue Beetle's even like, I don't know what I'm here for. Right. I'm, I'm just really using smart. The chip. Yeah. So maybe I'm here to do something with that. I, I, I thought that was fantastic. Um, so Dr. Polaris and Geoforce are taking out some Nazis. And the haunted tank was telling his driver uh, he's pretty much screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and um, all of a sudden the shadow people start showing up and taking out part of the easy company. The Sergeant Rock's trying to figure out what's going on. Um, apparently, Ted Cord Blue Beetle was not doing enough, so the monitor, monitor just kind of snapped his fingers and said, I guess you're not going to work out for me after all, and sent him home. Um, then jumped over to Dawnstar and Earth 2 Superman and uh, Sol- Solovar and uh, and your favorite, Commandy. Commandy, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> Solovar's been injured, and he vanishes. And then we jump ahead, to, or jump back in time again, where we get to see Batlash, Jonah Hex, Nighthawk. Scalp Hunter. Uh, Scalp Hunter and Johnny Thunder all standing by one of these um, devices that came back in time. And Simon, Cyborg, Firebrand, and Jon Stewart show up to help protect it. And the shadow people start showing up there. Now, I'm trying to remember when I read, because I've read all the Green Lantern stuff, and they make reference to Jonah Hex makes reference to meeting Green Lantern at some point. And the only time I can think that actually happened was in the what was it Legends of DC Universe, right? And that came out after this. Uh huh. I cannot think of when they would have met. No, I didn't Google it either. I could have done that, but when I got done reading this, it was late at night. I was like, I'm good. So <laughs> I'll have to research that. Uh, but the shadow people show up. Um, they beat the hell out of Simon. Um, all the gunslingers are firing away. John Stewart's trying to use his ring and it won't work. Um, and then Nighthawk's jumping on his horse to take off and he sees this big white light coming and taking, wiping out the town and then jumps to Metropolis in the future and it's taking out the Legion of Superheroes. That may have been one of my favorite pages of the whole book. Oh man. (laughs) What? And it's showing where all these other places where it's getting, all the world's getting taken out. And the monitor is, he goes, uh, instead of days, it's only hours remain, and the Earths are doomed. And Herbringer is there and is about to kill him, which will take us into issue four. I loved that issue. 
I like to see the military. I like to see the old West interacting with current or with superheroes. It's nice to see that happen because they're they have so many characters. Of, excuse me, they have so many characters out there that they could use. Yeah, and you never see any of this interaction. You know, um, there's an Elseworlds where it's uh, Justice League goes is taking place back in the old West days. I thought that was really cool because there was some interaction with these other Western characters, you know? Um, I kind of like seeing those worlds cross a little bit. Absolutely like that issue a lot. And we'll cover it for next week. Good stuff. So I'm doing some... A little bit of research and trying to find out where he meets Green Lantern, but dude, I can't. I have no idea. Yeah, it's probably that, just something that they're alluding to that maybe happens in the future. Um, yeah, yeah, that could be. Like, oh, we brought this up in Crisis. Maybe we'll bring this back in something else. Yeah, maybe. All right. Uh, so that takes us to our random reads. Would you like to go first, sir? Yeah, that's cool. Um, I do have, let's just, let me just do the one that I read recently. I'm going to remember that the most. I don't, I wasn't, <laughs> which is probably what I really need to start doing because I can't remember anything lately, but when we decided on what comics we were going to do this week, we brought up Vampirella, the Dark Powers yep. by Dynamite, by Dan Abnett, and uh, uh, it's a good thing we, well, this would have been better than Guardians, but this is another story where it makes no sense. It doesn't tell you how she got on the planet with the Project Superpowers guys and how she became got recruited by them. So it just starts you out cold. Like, she is on Team Red, which consists of um, the Black Terror. Let me, let me just get this straight. All right. I don't want to do it wrong. So it's got fighting yank. He's from a, these are all from different earths, right? So they took everybody from a different earth, put them together. I not how project superpowers was, but so that confused me a little bit. So you have fighting yank from world 1776. You have black terror from world 6337 rocket girl from 2113 the woman in red from earth 17 and the Liberator from 4437. And Vampirella from, <laughs> Earth, from Earth 666. Okay. Um, so it starts out, and she's in a federal building, a federal reserve building, sorry. And there's these guys in suits, like combat suits with machine guns, laser scopes and everything like that. And she's like, 
over overhearing them and they're like you know i got nothing on heat no nothing on thermal we're, we're clear right and she's like bunch of idiots <laughs> good luck with the thermal gear and she just wades into them like she's got this ghastly face on she's wearing a weird uniform it's got a belt and long sleeves and a big bat around her stomach and she just wades into these guys like just ripping heads off and my favorite scene is she karate chops a dude's head off and the word bubble on the head is oh geez right <laughs> it's just, like you you got words out without a body it's, it's pretty impressive funny. yeah and she takes out this entire platoon right barely any sweat right no big deal. And then the team come in, right? And they're like, what in God's name are you doing? And she says, nothing. You know, I'm just securing the area, defeating the adversaries. And as you requested half an hour ago, I'm smiling, right? So there's this huge joke that they were taking a selfie in the beginning before they all went on this mission for a team building and she doesn't smile of course why would she <laughs> she doesn't want to be there she knows they don't like her and she overhears them all talking about how she's a freak and how she doesn't belong here and you know like her her methods aren't what theirs is and it's like okay you know they portray Black Terror in this as a complete asshole. Right? She, she, he calls her a freak. And then he... He puts down the Liberator for not putting down his enemies. You know, like, you should have done a better job at that, pal. And he's like, oh, man, you're really funny, right? And the Liberator is telling them about the story of his Earth being destroyed by a rogue AI that whenever you defeat it, like Doomsday, it evolves and becomes something that will take over what killed it. And Vampirella made the mistake of destroying it when she fought these guys, not knowing that they were AIs. And they were like... you we told you not to kill them just subdue it you know we'll 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 go after the main thing later and they go like they cut into a scene straight out of john carpenter's um the thing right so there's this giant arachnid eldritch horror monster that comes out of the soldier and it is evolved enough to take out Vampirella and all of the heroes with her. And they're all like, you know, you, you idiot. You, we told you not to do that. We told you specifically not to kill them, not to do anything like that. And now we have a massive reformed human body that has power enough to kill you. And so 
they're also making fun of her costume in this because they're like, she rips it apart. She's like, it's binding. You know, it the fabric's horrible. It's binding. And they're like, it's made out of a special polymer that doesn't itch, you know? And she's like, well, it doesn't let me move right. And they're like, it's made to stretch to you, you know? She's like, uh, you know? <laughs> and then, then they're like, they're trying to berate her. And then they're like, where'd she go? Where'd she go? And she's like, you know, I'm just going to do what I do. And I'm going to end this. I'm going to fight this thing. And I'm going to destroy it. And then we're out of here, right? And she's flying into downtown. And this monster is about the size of a building now. And it is just wreaking havoc. There's fire everywhere. There's buses exploding. There's people screaming. And okay, it's pretty good. I like it, but I don't like what they did with some of the characters from this, from Project mm -hmm. Superpowers, because I don't, I don't see Black Terror as being a complete dickhead. You know, I, I've read some of the issues from the 30s and 40s. Uh, he's a little bit racist, but not little. Like the, he fought in Japan in World War II. So can you imagine what those comics were like? Oh, yeah. So instead of him fighting Germans like Cap did, he went in. And there were so many giant eyes with giant teeth, you know, that stereotype, like the old yep. Warner Brothers. Yeah. Just like that. But guess what's coming out next? Red Sonia, the superpowers. So they're putting Red Sonia in with another team of Project Superpowers. Aye, aye, aye. It's really too bad that Dynamite has to keep doing that with Vampirella and Red Sonia. You know? I, you think that they have more of a, so... a selling point, right? They have, they have more stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've just I've loved her. I love Red Sonia. I loved Gail Simone's Red Sonia. It was fantastic. Um, I've read some other Red Sonia. It's it's good, but when they start doing time jumps, I guess. So what was it? Red Sonia. What was the one you read that was Red Sonia and oh, it was Red Sonia. Red, Son Red Sonia Vampirella meet Betty and Veronica. Yeah doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> oh, come on. You get to see Red Sonia play football. <laughs> well, In Riverdale. Uh, yeah. I, it just felt very much like Conan goes to, uh, to New York. Yeah. What if, you know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like her world where she's, just a badass kicking butt, you know. Yeah. Instead of being put in these weird predicaments with characters that don't really fit her. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. So. All right, dude. That's all I got. That's it. All right. Uh, I got two. I got.
Yeah, I'll start with this one. Okay. Um, knock them dead. Number one, my aftershock. Um, I really had high hopes for this. I'm not entirely sure what's going on with it. Um, it starts off, it's in Chicago, and guy's riding the L, and he's writing stuff down, throwing papers on the floor. All of a sudden, you see the light bulb go off, and he laughs out loud. And as he's getting up, he's apologizing to the rest of the crowd that was on the train. Um, he ends up going to a bar to sign up for open mic night. And it's kind of funny because it starts off the joke, but then it's just a bunch of scribbles like he was telling the joke, and you can't see what the joke is. And then all of a sudden, an eggplant shows up as one of the punchline or something. It did a lot of a visual effects. Um, so, like, when that joke didn't land, they showed a picture of a cricket chirping and a bomb about to go off that says you suck and you know that's their way of conveying this was not a good show for him and the next comedian comes up and kind of makes fun of him and they get a big laugh he ends up going home gets into a fight with his sister because his sister's worried about him and he's told her that he went to do it you know to do stand up and she's like, oh, okay, well, you know, keep trying. And they do a time jump back where they're sitting with their mom and watching a comedian on television where you kind of get the idea that this is where he starts figuring out he wants to be a comedian. And it proceeds, he keeps trying <clears throat> night after night after night, and it's the same results, not just not good. And finally... One night he comes out and a guy's standing outside and said, Hey, enjoyed your set. Do you need a ride? So they jump in the car to take, you know, and they don't tell you who this guy is. He's apparently just a fan. And um, he's just saying, you know, oh, what did I say? So he said something around about like you really got to think about what you're saying and make it more human. Don't just do knock knock joke type things, and you know you'll make it big. And all of a sudden they get into a car accident. The driver dies. The comedian is rushed to the hospital. Um, and he's talking. But the nurse points out that he has no heartbeat and he's still talking. And that's where it leaves off at. I'm like, wait. What? Yeah. <laughs> so you have no idea what the purpose of this is. You know, it it's a failing comedian that is still alive but doesn't have a heart now. So I'll be interested to see where the next one goes. 
But right now, this is just meh. You know? Mm-hmm. Not great. Um, all right. So the next one, and I read a lot of books, but most of them I felt like were, eh, you know, nothing great. Um, so I decided I would read something great. I read Atari Force number one. And this cracks me up because it says it's introducing the strangest uh, sci-fi heroes of all time on the cover. But this is volume two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, and this came out, what was it? Uh, 83. And this is fantastic. I'm loving these old sci-fi books. Um, it starts off with, let's see, Dart and Blackjack in a fight. Taking on what I'm only assuming is kind of like a group of Jabba's goons. And Jabba would owe them money kind of thing. So they're trying to collect their money. And Dart, they finish this one battle, and Dart has this image show up that, oh, the the colonial cops are showing up. we got to get out of here. And tells Blackjack, we got to roll. So they start running out. And Blackjack's like, oh, how do you know that? And um, she's like, trust me, it's just women's intuition. Just go. So they run down this hallway that they thought they could escape from, but Dart did not see that there is no back door. So she (laughs) blew a hole in a wall and shoved Blackjack through it and dove out as well and started falling down the side of a cliff. So she threw a grappling hook up to catch them and save them. So, Dart apparently has special powers. Blackjack has no idea about this, but they have some kind of romantic relationship going on. Meanwhile, the guy that owes the money takes off and runs into a bigger, badder boss of some sort. And he's like, well, where's the present you're supposed to bring me? You're supposed to bring me Dart. Where's Dart? And he's like, she figured it out. She escaped. He's like, well, no, you're being cheap. You didn't pay them, so you could have cat where you could have captured her, but so you didn't pay them. They got into a fight and then they escaped. And for that, I'm throwing you into this river of chemicals, and throws this guy into the chemical, all these chemicals, and it's what do they say? It's full of organic acid, and he survived for about approximately 16 seconds. And then promptly the Joker popped out. I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) It just made me think of that when I saw that. I'm like, and there's the Joker. Okay. And um, then it jumps over to a ship's captain and this other guy, and they go to this planet to... um, A planet called Egg. And they're going to start getting into the slavery business. And they trick this gigantic baby um, 
I mean, it's just massive. And apparently once they hit adulthood, they're so heavy, heavily weighted that they just kind of sit down and don't ever move again. So they trick this baby version into the ship by giving it candy and take off and they're going to sell it for slavery. Um, and then we got a, um, absolutely amazing NBC Saturday morning cartoon lineup of the Flintstone funnies, shirt tails, Smurfs, Alvin and the Chipmunks, Mr. T amazing Spider-Man and his incredible Hulk, and Oh, and the incredible Hulk. And then Thunder the Barbarian. That was one hell of a Saturday morning. That was, yeah, you don't change the channel in that morning. Well, maybe during the Smurfs. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that was a quality programming lineup. Now you don't have any of that. And then you meet the next kid who is, um, who has the power to morph, and he's running through this maze that has no escape with all these robots chasing after him, and he morphs through them. And uh, scientists are running tests on him to see what he can do. And at one point, one of the robots catches him, and so he morphs his hands inside of it and pulls out all the electrical equipment and then ends up in the lab after he morphs out. And um, his name's Tempest, and his dad apparently at one point ran Atari Force. And he has no love lost for Atari Force because his dad was kind of a jerk. Um, and then you get Packrat, who's busy stealing something, and the police catch him, and he's catch him stealing it, and he manages to escape. And all of them are... The whole point is all these guys are pl- going to be heading in the same location where I, you assume they're going to form this team. Um, this is just pure fun. You got to love it. The issues are extremely cheap. Uh, mostly, you know, maybe a buck, buck and a half. I find a lot of them in the quarter bins. Definitely check this out. It's just a lot of good old old time sci-fi fun that everybody should enjoy. And that's what I had for this week. Oh. Ooh. So, uh, what do we got for news? What do we got for news? How about a shit ton of Marvel and Star Wars movies coming out? <laughs> I know. I'm ecstatic. Like, oh, my God. is it? Could we be oversaturating now? To an extent, I could see it. I mean, there's there's some that don't need to be done. Right. Um, like Armor Wars with Rhodey. Now you're just Secret Invasion with Nick Fury. Couldn't we just have that in the Captain Marvel 2 movie? Yeah. Not a series? Because it's just going to go the way that S.H.I.E.L.D. did and uh, get all screwed up and out of context. Yep. And out of continuity. Um, Pretty excited about the Hawkeye one. Ironheart? No. Don't don't care. I mean, 
I didn't care for the character anyway. So yeah. Andy knew that they were just going to get rid of her and bring Tony back. Yep. So is that what's going to happen here? They're going to find a way of getting Tony back? I'm sure. Like, I really want to see uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Good. Due out in 2022. Oh, really? It's not needed. <laughs> and then Volume 3 is coming out in 2023. <sighs> that is a long way away. Yeah. What if cartoon sounds pretty cool. Yep. And I, I thought they were going to make a Modoc cartoon. I thought I heard that too, but so they just scrapped that in in fear of uh I don't know. Something. Like WandaVision looks amazing. Oh yeah. And I don't know. Loki I like Loki, but I'm That's enough's be en- Yeah, enough's enough. I mean, he's not a lead character. I mean, he did have his own book for a while, but he was with a group. He wasn't by himself. And- if it's a miniseries, I I could see it maybe working. If you're trying to do something that you're going to carry on, no. I think it's maybe ongoing. Uh, look. So what I'm looking at, highly anticipated short series. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So that Good. might help. Good. Um, Black Panther 2, Ant-Man yeah. 3, Doctor Strange 2, Fantastic 4. People okay. were pissed that there was no X-Men. It's just like, you know what? There's so many X-Men movies. Just let it die. Just let yeah. it rest for at least five years. No X-Men movies. Not- say that about the Fantastic Four, though, too. I could not believe how many people were ecstatic about the Fantastic Four. Oh, hopefully they'll do it right. It's like, who cares at this point? Right. Fifth times the charm is what what I also read. You know? Um, (sighs) If if they were in the 1960s and they were what they originally were, you know, science explorers, great. But in now times... It's like putting the Punisher now instead of 1980 grimy New York. Right. Like, he doesn't fit. They, they really don't fit in, in now. And, oh, let's just talk about oversaturating Star Wars now, can we? Okay, Mandalorian is great. Right. But we don't need two spinoffs. No. We, no. Rangers of the New Republic and Ahsoka... Like I've I've talked about how Ahsoka is my favorite Jedi, but I don't want to see them ruin what she was. Why couldn't they just do a standalone episode in the Mandalorian series of both of these things? Right. And if I want to see pilots in the New Republic, aren't they making Rogue One? Yes. Mm -hmm. Why would we need another one? And, okay, The Bad Batch was an awesome concept in the last season of Clone Wars. But do they need a series based on rejected clones that all look different and have different abilities? No, because nobody cared about those movies. 
Um, Hayden Christian's coming back for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yep. Yeah. So we can hear, no. <laughs> like <sighs> A droid story. That was the droid animated show. Just buy the rights to it, throw it on Disney+, Plus. call it good. We don't need another show about it. Right. Lando's getting an event series. I That could be fun. That could be, because... I like the guy playing Lando, you know? Yeah. Um, Glover. Yeah. Yeah. And... Andor, uh, does he need his own series? Who? Andor from Rogue One. No. Doesn't need it. Um... Rogue Squadron, I think, could be really good. That would be good, but then we also then we don't need uh, Rangers of the New Republic. Right, right. And an undisclosed one by Tahiti or Ta Taiki Watiti. Yep. Uh, okay. Some stuff to get excited about. Some stuff not so much. Um, but I mean, that's one hell of a way to promote your channel. Yep. <laughs> People are going to get excited about it. Yep. It's like, oh my God. You know, we, we waited 30 years for a new Star Wars and now it's just like, holy crap, there's so much. Yeah. But Love at least I didn't, I didn't see the name Skywalker on any of it, which is good. Which is nice. Very excited about that. Um, okay, so I did a little digging. And the when Jonah Hex met Green Lantern, Volume 2 of Green Lantern, Issue 149. And it was Avin Sir. Okay. That's why I didn't remember how doing it. There's an actual whole page right, dedicated to Green Lantern in the Old West. <laughs> like, wow, okay. Nice. All right. So, uh, you got any other news? I have no other news. Well, we were asked a question. Uh, Colossus versus Iron Fist. Uh-huh. I'm going to go super nerdy and use the old Marvel role-playing game for their stats. Because <laughs> uh, playing it back in the day or a couple of months ago, um, Kirk ran a, a, a game of Marvel role-playing and I played a character that pissed him off so bad that he wanted to quit like doing it because he couldn't hit me. So I'm going to use that. So Colossus has so much armor, right? His endurance is 75 and his agility is 10. So he can't move at all, but he's just going to take it. And the fact that Iron Fist can't hit that hard 
even with the Iron Fist, Colossus wins. You think? Colossus will outdo him. Danny's a normal human. Danny will tire. Colossus does not have to change shape. He can stay steel forever. He will wear him out. I, I suppose. Because I was leaning towards Iron Fist. Yeah. Just because he is more agile and can move around. And, you know, I don't recall ever seeing um, Colossus like full on lose it ever. And I think Danny's got more of the killer instinct where Colossus would just be like, knock you out or call it good until you're tired and walk away. Don't get me wrong. My, my love for Iron Fist is telling me that Iron Fist would win. But because I love Iron Fist more than I do Colossus. But yeah, I mean, I believe that the power of the dragon wouldn't be enough to conquer that over powerful mutant ability. And I do mean overpowerful. Colossus has taken punches from Juggernaut. He's taken probably, you know, Danny. Okay, so Danny has an endurance of excellent, right? Which means he can take a good punch, but he can't take a punch that can lift 100 tons. So if Colossus gets that punch in, Danny's done. Well, how hard is um, Cage's punch? Because him and Danny have gone at it several times. Let's see. Luke Cage. Now, is it going to be under Luke Cage or is it going to be under Power Man? Probably Power Man. Holy shit. They don't have him in here. What? <laughs> no way. Well, let's just look. But no, I'm, like I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I would I'd be on the side of Danny, but something about him getting punched by somebody that can. All right, so his his strength is amazing. So probably about oh, where is that? Uh, not like I'm not going to stretch, but it's it's not anywhere close. Yeah. But you know, you got you got a human going against pretty much Thor. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying. I just... I hate to see Colossus win. (laughs) But he's such a sweet little Russian boy. See, I figure that's where Danny's got him at. (laughs) Right, that Colossus would pull his punches. But if this was like a no-holds-barred 
Mesmero took over both of them to fight each other. I'm thinking. Well, take into consideration in a recent issue of Avengers, uh, Moon Knight went after the power of Iron Fist because it was so powerful. Right. I don't. See, it's a it's a good question. Yeah, it is. I have a feeling you're probably right, but my gut's still saying Danny would put up a pretty good fight. Oh, Luke Cage's sidekick. (laughs) Horrible. Well, they, their, their issues weren't selling well enough separately that they had to put them together. Right, yeah. But whose came out first? Danny's or Luke's? Uh, I think Luke's did. God. That's a good question. But I think Luke's did. All right. Jonah Hex versus Crossbones. Jeez. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Would we qualify crossbones kind of like a terrorist? Yeah, you could. Okay. Because Jonah Hex at one point, did save a president from terrorists. And Crossbones has always struck me as not the most... Maybe a dumbed-down version of Bane is what I feel like Crossbones is. Yeah, I can see that. Not even close as strong. Yeah. I would think Jonah Hex would get him, just... He's a pretty intelligent character. Um, He's a quick draw. I don't think he'd have a problem fighting dirty. I gotta get Jonah Hex. Well, if you're gonna fight dirty, you got uh, the uh, Disciple of the Red Skull. You know, he's he's gonna fight completely dirty. But, see... They're both normal humans. Yeah. See, does Brock have any, like, I'm trying to think if he ever actually had military training. Um, no. He enlisted with the communist Red Skull in Algeria. So I guess he did train under that Red Skull in his military, but I'm going to say Jonah. Jonah had lived a much harder life. Yeah. Much harder. I mean, fighting in the Civil War. I mean, Brock has it easy. He's got a gun that fires 100 bullets a second. Jonah had to load each ball in powder. 
fast, you know? Yeah. Survived. He also survived the Old West. So... And the future. And the future, yes. Oh, God, don't don't remind me about Hexa, man. Don't. <laughs> don't. Uh... <laughs> If he can survive both. (laughs) Yes, if he can survive both. And, yeah, I mean, Jonas had a lot of experience with a lot of different stuff. Yeah. So between superheroes, the future, the past, Civil War, uh, Etrigan, Jason Blood, any of those old guys that come, like magicians that go back into the past. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always Jonah that helps them out, so. Yeah, he's like the one Western character that has been involved with all these different characters throughout time. Yep. Yeah, got to definitely lean towards Jonah on that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we got new, Mr. Stellinger. Katie Power and no <laughs> Professor X versus Nathan Richards. Nathan Richards, that's um, X Men, right? Wait, no, no, that's uh, the little kid in Fantastic Four. Oh, okay, okay, gee. Nathan, huh. I thought it was Franklin. It is Franklin. What oh, did no. I say? Nathan Norman? Richards. Nathan. Yeah, that's his grandpa. That's his grandpa. <laughs> Never mind. That's Reed's dad. So yeah, uh, hands down, Professor X, because Nathan Richards has no powers. <laughs> All right. So we have uh, Leonardo and Usagi Ojimbo versus Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. Leonardo and Usagi Ojimbo. That's coming from a guy that's a big G.I. Joe fan. Yeah. I and mean, come on. You got a mutated turtle <laughs> who can do ninja skills and a samurai rabbit versus a human and a human. A human and a human. Yeah. Um, who don't like each other. So they, would, I, I think they would be fighting more than they would be fighting Leonardo and Yusagi. Well, it depends on what continuity. Are we talking the old Marvel or are we talking about current? Because now they're kind of like brothers. Well, sort of. <laughs> because at one point, Storm Shadow did jump over to the Joe side and they watched out for each other. Okay, but... first season, she had no cartoon. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do the cartoon. <laughs> if we're doing the cartoon, I was going to say, okay. Because then the original Snake Eyes also died. So... Lot to take in there. Which um, one has not been done by Rob Liefeld? The original GI or Snake Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, as far as Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow go, love the characters. I just don't know. Skill wise, they could probably take down Leonardo, I would guess. Because they were actually trained by uh, their ninja clan. I can't think of what 
the clan was called right off the top of my head, where Leonardo Kara, was chained by a rat. <laughs> yeah. But I think Usagi Ojimbo, being a samurai, would... Storm Shadow would fight dirty. Snake Eyes would not. Causing conflict between the two of them. Yeah, I still got to go Leonardo versus Usagi Ojimbo. Okay, yeah, I'll probably go with the mutants too on this. Okay, how about how about this? Um, Raphael and Casey Jones versus Daredevil and Elektra. Oh. Uh... See that one? I thought that was going to be harder than it was. I, I gotta still say I gotta go Daredevil and Electra. And Daredevil has all those heightened senses. Raphael's a hothead. Casey Jones is, from what I remember of him, kind of a hothead. I mean. Truthfully, I think Daredevil could take both of them out without Elektra. Then you have an assassin like Elektra. Yeah. yeah. But Elektra has died how many times? But so yeah, it I proves would, she can't she can't stay dead. I will I will give <laughs> that Daredevil is the last one standing. But yeah, Elektra versus Raph would be a great fight. Yeah, it'd be because a lot of the, fun. Because their weapons aren't for offense. They're all for defense. So they would be just <laughs> they would just put their stupid size down and actually fight hand to hand. Yeah. Yeah, but Daredevil absolutely would be the last one standing. <laughs> That's a good one. Huh. Oliver Raven Gambit versus Ray Bloodshot. Help me out. Who's Oliver Raven? Uh, the son of Gambit and Rogue. They had a kid? He appears in 50 issues of the X-Men in Gen X. Huh. I had to look it up, too. <laughs> okay. So he has the ability of agility, death touch, flight, Power mimicry, siphon abilities, telepathy, and unarmed combat. Mother pus bucket, that dude. Okay. Oh. I will say Ray takes Gambit down. And since Bloodshot is mostly um, nanobites or nanobots, that Raven couldn't uh, take that power away. He couldn't absorb it. I think that would be the last two that would be standing. And I think Raven would still win. But Bloodshot just has this way of always coming back. Like, you ever watched the movie? Okay, I'll give it to you on this. Olivier Raven wins because the Bloodshot movie was freaking horrible. (laughs) 
Dude, it's so bad. <laughs> Give it to him. What's up, Scott? Hello, guys. Hello. I came in at just the right time because I didn't know who Oliver Raven was either, and now I don't look stupid. <laughs> I try to keep up, but there's just so many characters out there. Nick always has to give me a quick refresher on some of them every once in a while. That's okay. I, d I didn't know who this guy was either. He was in 50 issues of an X-Men book that I had no idea even really existed. Well, I knew it existed, but I'm not a big X-Men guy either. So, you know, I know the main X-Men. Yeah. I know the X-Men 2099. Mm -hmm. That's the only X-Men book I got excited about. But... I did not know that. that it went for 50 issues. Yeah. Oh. That's before they started doing relaunches after every 14. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mr. S. You just typed, sup, Scott. So uh, I'm waving back at you. <laughs> Much appreciated. All right. What kind of fun stuff you got for us today, Scott? Well, I've got a bad webcomic review, if you're at all interested. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, last week I, I said that I had posted a uh, link on the Discord, but it turned out that the post didn't go through, so I posted it late. This time I posted like a a couple of days ago <laughs> to make sure I got it in. The name of the webcomic that I read was Steve Lichman, which is the story of a lich, like a Dungeons and Dragons undead sorcerer named Steve. And this uh, comic is, uh, it's not good. <laughs> uh, now, if you go to the website, stevelichman.com, and uh, you're able to uh, read a good number of um, episodes for free. And the very first episode, is, I recommend that you read it because it is hilarious. But I think that they were coasting on that one good joke for uh, the next two volumes. Because... Um, because that's solid, and the artwork uh, looks good, but after that first gag, uh, the entire series devolves into just the tired old trope of the wacky neighbor. Uh, each episode is a different dungeon monster who wanders in and visits Steve, and uh, they each do it, and like, the beholder is a stoner, uh... The vampire is a narcissist, and uh, but the title character he he just starts playing straight man, and it's it's uh, they try to do some good things with this uh, series. They try to do some character development and some story arcs, but they but that terrible story structure just keeps getting in their way, and they won't get away from it. So I'm giving it a thumbs down. 
Yeah, I see what you're saying. This the first one was really I I got a kick out of it. Then I keep going. And I'm like, uh, yeah, he does turn kind of the straight guy or the straight man on the. Yeah. Wow. And the wacky neighbor was just a bad trope, even when it ruled the sitcoms back in the eighties and nineties. Uh, it's, I mean, so um, yeah. I'm not impressed. Yeah, Urkel killed the uh, uh, wacky neighbor. And with neighbor. me being an editor, I'm specifically not impressed because I'm looking at most of this stuff and I'm thinking, yeah, uh, that should have been cut. That should have been cut. <laughs> that should have been cut. <laughs> It doesn't go anywhere. Oh, yeah, uh, we've been watching a lot of Alf lately, and I can't do any more of the wacky neighbor. <laughs> oh. oh, there must be a story there. Why are you watching a lot of Alf? I don't know. My five year old loves Alf. She loves okay. it. Okay. So. I bought the whole series, and I've watched it. Sit, and I sat down and watched all of it, and I've done it several times. I love it. It's absolutely stupid, right. but I love it. Just, <laughs> I want to see the the. Now this the, is the much more interesting it. review. Okay, <laughs> tell me about. <laughs> uh, tell me about the appeal of Alf, please. <laughs> is there? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just like a memory of childhood, but like there's an episode where, at the end that I really want to watch is the special that they did like 10 years after the show ended that explains what happened to him when he just disappeared at the end of the show. Yeah. I really want to see it. But, yeah, because they kind of left it like what happened. Right. Did he go back? Did he get abducted by the, the military? What happened? I think they even addressed it in one of the comics, if I remember right. Oh, wow. But... All right. My favorite episode is when he he's in love with Lynn and he makes a music video. <laughs> I vaguely Fantastic. remember this. <laughs> and you know it was popular because what was it? Was it Hardy's that came out with the puppets of Alex? Yes. With, yeah. with record albums that came with it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had the chef, and I think I had the I had the Hawaiian one, and I think I had the chef one. I have, I still have the guitar one, the rock band Alf with the guitar. Uh. (laughs) At Walmart, it's only like fifteen bucks for like how many seasons? Four seasons or something? Yep, fifteen bucks. Okay. Have you seen the movie that they that's based around the creation of Elf? No, I don't think so. I think it's like uh, it's got Ben Stiller in it, and he plays the creator. And just how how many <laughs> how much drugs and how crazy this dude was? You got to see it. <laughs> it's like it's permanent. a biopic about the creation of Elf. Yeah, it's called Permanent Midnight, and he yeah, it, he's a whoa, it's crazy. You just. You yeah, sold it, me. It's definitely I'm worth going watching. to watch this. <laughs> it's it's worth watching because it's the dude's a Looney Tune. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh. 
And I, I guess that's what you got to be to get a primetime network show. All right. right. Yeah, okay, okay uh, Mr. More. S is asking Man-at-Arms versus Panthro, which is an interesting dilemma. Huh. Man-at-Arms versus Panthro. Technically, they're I know the where I'm leaning. Their universes. <laughs> the same dude. Yeah. Um... <laughs> same dude. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to lean towards Man-at-Arms because he had some um, rarely uh, used technology like uh, blasters um, in his... Uh, I'm not sure what that act- what his arm actually was. Was that a metallic cast that he, w- that he wore over just his arm? His weird half-gauntlet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to go with Man at Arms because he has a hot daughter. <laughs> I'm going. And he has Panthro. to fight guys away from her. I'm going Panthro because he has stayed the same throughout. I mean, Man at Arms, sometimes he's got a mustache, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> he, he never really had his own individual, like, moment in the show, per se. Uh, mm-hmm. He-Man always had to come and rescue him, where with Panthro, uh, he actually kind of made it on his own a little bit and was okay, more okay. of an advisor to uh, Lion-O, where Man-Arms was just kind of like the tech tech guy for Adam or He-Man, you know? Didn't really yeah. provide advice or anything. Where Panthro was kind of like the elder statesman and kind of helped Lino become the leader that he's supposed to be. I don't know. Man-at-Arms got, uh, got it on with the sorceress. So... <laughs> but where's the credibility there? I mean, she lives in a castle with a skull <laughs> on the front of it. I mean, right there just screams crazy cat lady. It just... <laughs> That's the best kind. <laughs> it was just a one-nighter. It's not like they stayed together. <laughs> We're devolving here. Or I am. <laughs> well, look. I've been watching a lot of anime lately. <laughs> <laughs> oh. a- anime and Alf. Okay. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Too much of both. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <sighs> well, you got to keep yourself entertained somehow, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I brought no news to the table. I've got nothing to report. Um, I am exceedingly boring, which is the way I like it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I do have a quick question for you guys. Uh, uh, happy holidays, but which holidays are you celebrating this year? Oh, because we, uh, well, I and my wife, we usually make a trip on Christmas Day. We just decided yesterday that we're not going to do that this year. And I, 
Um, my wife sometimes celebrates Hanukkah. Sometimes she doesn't because she's about a quarter Jewish. She's not doing that this year. Our house guest uh, is not re- doing anything for Yule this year, which she did last year. She's just not feeling it. Um, I always try to get somebody to celebrate Kwanzaa with me, and I always strike out. <laughs> so uh, my father's birthday falls on Festivus. So uh, Festivus is going to kind of be uh, shouldering the burden of all the holidays this year. <laughs> Nice. Nothing like an airing of grievances. <laughs> yes. Everybody should celebrate Festivus just in a story, especially this year. Oh. The only problem is I've been stuck in the basement with my wife for a year, so all our grievances are out on the table. <laughs> That's a good term for it, Mr. S. Celebrating semi Xmas. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I, I, yeah, we're, we're doing a Christmas for the kiddo, so mm-hmm. that's pretty much all we're doing. All right, so an hour of opening presents, and <laughs> right, and a lot of watching the Grinch Christmas special over and over again. <laughs> She's watching that horrible musical that they put out. She's uh-huh. watched it at least six times. Hey, Mr. S is calling in. Sweet. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, what's up? How you doing? I, I was like, I might as well just call in since it's only. Yeah, he might as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, man, it, it's it's like I have the I have two elves that I keep that, that keep coming and disappearing every night, you know, and and we have six year olds, so Christmas presents and all that stuff. But it's like she's the only one, you know. So it's like eh, okay. <laughs> Do it for her. Yeah, you gotta do it for the kids. Yep. Yeah, we're running out of like ideas for the elf on the shelf to do. Yeah. Tonight, 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 they're popping up in the freezer in the ice box. Nice. <laughs> I think my cousin's doing that with one of the elves on the shelves, and he's got them in quarantine by putting them in a jar or something. So that was our, that was our. That was our, our normal thing. We were like, oh, we, like, we got to quarantine the elf, so he's only going to be here like two or three days. <laughs> and, and, and she didn't want it. She was like, no. She goes, they're magic. I was like, damn, kids, too smart. <laughs> yeah, we, we thought she would have got it when, when ours was taped down and string was connecting her, and she had a whole bunch of pins in her to hold her in place. No, no. No, no. She was just like, "What happened?" I was like, "Well, the other ones had to come in here, and they knew that she was going to turn into a toy, so they put a whole bunch of pins in her." (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow! Yeah, we're evil. (laughs) I'm telling you, whoever created them, it's like it's like, hey, you hear adults. See what's the worst thing you could do with these guys. <laughs> see, see if you can scar your kids. Pretty much, like, I want to find. I want to put her in her Barbie dream house, just having like a pool party with a whole bunch of naked Barbies. But I can't do that. 
So we put we put her. We, they were in they were in Barbie's dream house in the car, and the one one we have a girl and a boy, and the girl ripped Elsa's dress and had Elsa's dress on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad my kids are old enough that, that we don't have to do that. Uh, I, I think I have only a few more years to go, though, because she's already to the point that she really doesn't care per se about Santa. Uh, like she, like she still kind of believes, but she's like, like she was saying. Like she didn't care too much for Santa. Like she was like, oh, I, you know, Grammy, Grampy are gonna get me what I want. You know, isn't that? And I was just like, yeah, keep keep saying that. That way, <laughs> get rid of him quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I have I have a younger brother that's three years younger and a younger sister that's six years younger. Okay, I was I was believing in Santa till like I was like about. 18. Yeah, I'm done with that. <laughs> so <bad. laughs> so <bad>. oh. <laughs> Guys, I've got a long way to go. My kid's five, so. Let's get back to comics. All right. Yes. So Lone Ranger versus Negan, huh? Yeah, Lone Ranger versus Negan. What? Oh. Uh, my gut instinct is Lone Ranger because he uses a ranged weapon and Negan does not. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but, you know, it's Negan. Like, you know, he's... Like Negan's like super intelligent. Okay, you gotta remember this. This man is not going right. to just. He's just. He's gonna know who the Lone Ranger is to mm-hmm. the point that he's gonna surround him. He's gonna. He. I think he can pull it off. I'm not saying he will win, but he could pull it. I think yeah. he might pull it off. See, the well, problem is Lone Ranger is gonna not shoot to kill. No, he's gonna he's shoot his hand. Guy. Yeah, he's gonna try to injure him. Negan's got him. Yep. You convinced unless, me. Yeah. Unless Negan's it's, last name is Negan. Cavendish, he's he's gonna beat him. Yeah, and Negan Negan's ready to kill. He's, he don't care. No. Because yeah, Scott, I agree with you. He, Lone Ranger has a ranged weapon, but he's not gonna shoot to kill. So that's where I'm gonna lean. I'm like going through all my these battles that I I have like a battle page. I'm going through all <laughs> battles. I'm like looking for something good to give you guys because you guys. You know. This sounds like a regular segment. I but I can't call in all the time. That's the problem. I mean, I can't come in all the time. Oh, that's, okay. why I, I, that's why when I come in, I'm like, yo, I'm I'm ready to go for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, Ryan and I were talking about that. We were we were thinking about putting this in here. Uh, okay, okay, I got one. Uh, Quasar versus Orion. <laughs> oh. oh. Mm. I'm not well versed on either character. Uh, I'm leaning towards Orion, but I'm not sure why. Well, he is a new god. Yeah, he's the son of the uh, dark side. So, yeah, he's sort of on that Superman tier in power level. Come on, Quasar. With the gaunt or with the um, bracelets, I mean he's unbelievably band. powerful. The quantum bands, thank you. Um, he's unbelievably powerful. Uh, Orion's kind of like a smaller version of the Hulk, kind of just <laughs> smash and fire his little cart weapon or whatever that skitter weapon <laughs> thing. He's, he's I, scooter. <laughs> Yeah, astral <laughs> scooter. Yeah, he and he's a jerk. He's overconfident. He, you can see him getting beat. And Quasar, the Quasar from the '90s series that I know, is so new to it that I think he, he wouldn't know that he could be beaten. Hmm. If that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah, actually, that's interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to go Quasar. Hmm. I think you convinced me. I was going to just go Orion, but yeah, you convinced me on that one. Huh. Me too. Nick, what'd you have on it? Uh, God, it's like a toss-up, man. I, I love Quasar and I love Orion. So um, let's just do this with their names, right? So when, when Orion came down to Earth, he named himself O-Ryan. And Quasar is Wendell Vaughn. So they're, they're both nerds. <laughs> so... I would give it to Quasar because he has more imagination than Orion. I'm also going to say this. Wendell Vaughn's business is inside Four Freedoms Plaza where he has access to the Fantastic Four's stuff as well. Oh, I did not know that. He did security for them. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll give it to Orion. No, I won't. I'll give it to Quasar. <laughs> I'm getting confused. <coughs> hmm, interesting. So would Orion be a uh, better match against Silver Surfer? So they both fly through space on their own little vehicles. They, uh, um, a space surfboard or a space Segway. Powerful. <sighs> like I feel Silver Surfer is like he's like OP. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, he Surfer is. has yeah. powers that they don't even use anymore. Yeah. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, he's in that uh, phantom um, sort of category where he has a, uh, powers that he has whatever powers the story needs him to have. Right. Exactly. Yep. It's like Batman's utility belt. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started with Batman. <laughs> uh oh. Mimic versus morph? <laughs> oh, nice. It's got to be Mimic. Morph didn't even make it out of the first episode of the cartoon. <laughs> but everybody loved him. I don't under, I don't get it. They're like, where's Morph? Like, yeah. Uh, what? Morph sucked. Morph sucked. So, oh. Oh my god. All right. All right. Beast Boy versus Group. Oh, Beast Boy. Hey, he can change into whatever animal he wants to change into. Um, Groot is a tree. I mean, yeah. I mean, Beast Boy turns into a beaver, and the, Groot's done. <laughs> well, the original Groot got taken out by termites, so if Beast Boy just turns into a bunch of termites. Okay, okay. <laughs> Fair play, fair play. No, wait a minute. When you say the original Groot, are you talking about Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy or Groot from those Marvel horror comics that predated the Marvel superheroes? Yeah, the Marvel horror that's ones. One. Okay. Yeah, he got he got uh, defeated by a bunch of termites. Did not know this, but all right, all right. I, I'm all right. accepting this. This is canon. Let's go. Let's go. OP. Ted Cannon. <laughs> Yeah. Let's go Pete. Uh Ma- Magus? Is it Magus? Is that his name? Magus? I'm trying to see. Yeah. The Magus. Magus. Oh, the no, Magus. No. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Adam Magus Warlock? versus Doomsday. Yeah, Adam Warlock, Magus. Yeah, <laughs> versus Doomsday. Ooh. Oh my god. So Magus has that a, a crazy white frizzy afro. So I give yeah, it to yeah. Magus. <laughs> Just because he's got hair. <laughs> yeah. Um, Doomsday is not a smart fighter. So, um, but, but remember, uh, Doomsday Magus, is Magus probably. Got, yeah, Magus Doomsday is probably tougher. But I'd like to think that uh, Magus is going to be able to outmaneuver and outsmart him. Some point. He also has a lot of alkalites that will fight for him because he's got that Church of Universal Truth behind him. Oh, so he he can just swarm him, and then put him in that like cocoon that they put him in, like when he first appeared in Superman. So, see, I'm still going. I still think Doomsday can. Like, I feel like. He, he, Magus will win the first battle per se. Right, but then he'll evolve and come back and yeah. beat him. Yeah. As long yeah. as they keep Doomsday locked up, that'd be fine, but there, there's no way you're going to keep him locked up. Okay, okay. Um, Sentry versus Spawn. 
Oh. Come on, Ryan. It's your favorite character. Ooh. <laughs> century, century, right? Century, century is everybody's favorite character. <laughs> oh. oh. I know it. I already knew it. As soon as you said that, I knew it. I knew it. Century is definitely everyone's favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> when Century came out, I was so hoping he was Miracle Man because his name is Mick and he has yeah. the exact same powers. Like, he uh. forgot who he was. I was like, oh my God, it's Miracle Man. Okay, Sentry from the New Avengers, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. that's Sentry. All right. Um, all right, I'm going to do it this way. If it's a Bendis written Sentry, <laughs> Sentry would win. Anybody else no, no, is no. writing Sentry? We're just doing regular Sentry. Okay. Then I think Spawn would get him. <laughs> Yeah. Now, just with at Sentry's first glance, Sentry being the telepath is going to have the advantage. He, he can make Spawn think that um, that he's already lost or something. But uh, Sentry doesn't have a lot of self control, does he? No, no. He he, <laughs> he gets in his own way, and that's exactly. why I'd lean towards Spawn. Is just yeah. Sentry just gets in his own mind too much and just. Yeah, that's one of his flaws. It's like his ego. Yeah. He's his own worst enemy. Literally. Yeah. yeah. And that's why one of the reasons you still don't you don't see him around too much anymore. Yeah, a lot of people are saying like that his thing is is like he wants to be somebody to beat him. So it's like Well, yeah. Noel already ripped him in half, so he's not going back. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see <about> right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just find some way. Hey. Yeah, he's alive. All right. Hellboy versus Rom the Space Knight. Oh, man. You can't do that to me. (laughs) (laughs) I knew that was coming. Oh. Okay. Uh, Hellboy. Rom doesn't kill people that aren't dire rates. Ooh. Oh, ho. I gotta go with what Nick says there. He's the ROM expert. Oh, oh, that's a oh, nice. So he'll he'll do that. He'll pull out the analyzer and be like, "Oh, you're not a rape," and walk, like turn around, and Hellboy will shoot him in the back with a giant gun. Son <laughs> of a bitch. Right? Nice. That's a good. Oh, look at you. You opened a whole new one for me. I'm like, I'm over here like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> hmm. I might have to use that battle again. <laughs> All right, here's one. Uh, Moon Knight versus Rorschach. So, hmm. I, 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 let me say something. I like Rorschach, but I just feel like he doesn't have enough like achievements. Like, I, 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 yeah, like. Like everybody's like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, he's cool, but like, does it? There's no achievements to him, like, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, no I resources, no superpowers. He's he's basically just a maniac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a fairly good night. detective. I gotta go, I gotta go Moon Knight. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I have to go Moon Knight. 
I got loud. <laughs> I got a call. Like, you're loud. <laughs> <laughs> Just means you're having a good of a time. <laughs> uh, okay. Mm. Oh, this is a good one. Wild Child versus Kylan. Sorry, who is Kylan? He was, uh, I want to say, I think an X-Men. Was he an Excalibur? Excalibur. That's what it was. He was that uh, wolf kind of looking dude, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. 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 The the Lionel uh, ripoff? Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I remember my isn't Wild I'm probably not thinking of the right kid character. Wild Child wow. the spawn of um, Sabretooth. I don't know if he was the spawn of Sabretooth, but he was Sabretooth's pet during Okay, uh, there's an association there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's also Weapon Omega from Alpha Flight. Is he? Uh-huh. I did not know that. Yeah, he was he was like huge. Like, who is Weapon Omega? And then it was like it's Wild Child when he takes his helmet off. It's like, oh, that's cool. I did not know that. That's interesting. <laughs> See, that's actually kind of interesting. But uh yeah, he went he went normal for a little while and then went back feral. But um that's that's tough. I think I would think I'd probably go Wild Child just because he's got the he's worked with Alpha Flight. He is around Sabretooth. And Sabretooth's no pushover. I mean, just all I have to say is remember Kylan's Kylan's power is sound mimicry. Okay? So <laughs> 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 so he could escape easily by making the sound of a pebble fly across the room and run out the door. That's what you're saying. He 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 can he can he can, he can be like I am Sabretooth. Oh wait, where are you? Where? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no wild child. <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, you convinced me. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. It's hilarious. He's like, you know, you convinced me. Done. Done. <laughs> Sometimes that's all okay. it takes. Okay, so I got one for you because I heard you guys last time and I was gonna ask you and I forgot. So Dick Grayson versus Damian Wayne. Both Robins though, not mm. both as Robins. Mm. Damien. <laughs> yeah. As much as I hate to say that, Dick is just yeah. He, the fun-loving Robin where Damien's like, burn it down. Um, there would be, he would just destroy him. So, I'm going to give you... Yeah, Dick is the better character, but... Mm, um, so, yeah, I have a friend that's Damien. a big Dick Grayson fan, right? And he goes, this is his thing. He said, he said, Grayson, those saying, those saying Robin Grayson can hang, don't know him well enough. Damien is just a Johnny come lately flavor of the month. 
Dick was taken <laughs> on Deathstroke, Shrike, and various other super high-level fighters at the same age without all the cool tech. Damien got Damien got plus swords. He straight up gave it to Hal Jordan too. Here's the thing with Damien. He was raised by the League of Assassins. One. <laughs> Two, then he got under the tutelage of Batman. Mm-hmm. Where Dick Grayson was under the tutelage of Acrobats and then Batman. Yep. You, like, someone, someone just said that too. Someone said that right under it. <laughs> They're like a killer, an acrobat. Yeah. You know, I would prefer if Grayson won, but Damien's just evil. <laughs> yeah, and if these are from two different, if they're if they're both in their Robin age, then they're from mm-hmm. two different uh, periods. Damien's uh, being more recent has a little bit of a technological edge in the gadgets and the gear that he's using. Uh, a little more, bit more state of the art. So that's another reason to give it to Damien. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. One more. Hit me. I am looking for a good one. <laughs> okay. Oh, come on. This is like, eh. Couple, some of these are not really good. Like, I want a conversational one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, okay. Here we go. Amazo versus Hulk 2099. Hmm. Hmm. Oh, wow. I only read one issue of Hulk 2099, the first issue. And he wasn't actually in that a whole lot. Um, <laughs> when he was there, he was, yeah, yeah he was kicking butt. Um, seems like a big, strong, uh, somewhat fast Hulk. So I'm leaning towards Hulk 2099. See, I want to go that route because I love the 2099 universe. But what he was was essentially because you're right, he that first issue not it wasn't around too much. But he's basically images pit, if you remember pit. Mm-hmm. I do. The he had like a human handler kind of type, and then that handler was like, okay, go and tear off right where Amazo wouldn't be relying on any of that so I'd I think I'd lean towards Amazo okay okay yeah I'd love to say the Hulk 2099 but I just I think there's that weak spot right there that would take him out hmm See, I just think like, he's too much of a savage. So 
I don't know, like, I, I feel like he would just, like, go straight in and just rip them in half and just be like, eh, it's finished in two, in two panels. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get a hold of them, is the thing. It's just... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, Amazo got outsmarted by a robot from the one million era DC a lot, but he's not going to get outsmarted by a rampaging Hulk 2099. Okay. So he's got a lot more going for him. I think just uh, claws that can rip through steel. I mean, he's fought Superman, he's fought Satana, he's fought a lot. He's even fought Black Adam to a standstill, so Oh, I'm gonna go, go Amazo. All right, cool, cool. Now, can Ghost Rider defeat the Saint Walker? The Saint Walker? Yes. I don't uh, know the Saint uh, Walker. The what is it? Blue Power Range? Uh, the Blue uh, Green Lantern or whatever? It is. Oh, Saint Saint Walker, the Blue Lantern. Yes, yeah. Ghost Rider would okay. destroy Saint Walker. <laughs> but no, but no, 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 no. But I'm saying it because remember, Ghost Rider only seeks like vengeance, vengeance and yeah, yeah. The Saint Walker is pure. That is true. Very monk-like. However, and he has the ring. He does have the ring, but the ring doesn't. The ring is kind of like a. A power up for Mario is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Mario is the whole power. So the Green Lanterns that the power hope ring just adds to it. It gives them like the fire suit or whatever you want to think about it like that, mm-hmm. right? So the ring by itself doesn't do too much. And if I remember right, it's been a long time since I've read a Saint Walker story, but. There was some questionable acts in his past that led him to becoming more. Ah, uh, you're right. Yes, yes, you're right. So yes. Ghost Rider could focus in on those acts. On that take part. Down. Ah, good, good, good call. Good mm-hmm. call. I thought when you were going to ask was uh, when you said Saint, I thought it was going to be Ghost Rider versus the Saint of Killers. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> And yeah, I don't know. That'd be good. I would like to see it. All right. Should we wrap it up for the evening? Sure. Not that I'm not enjoying this. Just yes, please. <laughs> we got to save some for another yeah. show. Right. But it's late. Our bladders are full. It's... <laughs> I don't want to keep getting yelled at. <laughs> <laughs> right. And you guys still have Thank a uh, plug, plug, uh, one more show to record. Or is there going to be a Finding Timothy tonight? There is going to be a Finding Timothy or Hunting All Timothy. All right. Yes. So, Thank you. So, what is that? Yeah, you have to listen in on the di- on their Discord server <sighs> What's the Discord? to hear that. <laughs> Damn you. Uh-huh. Got me hooked. Just look for uh, the Haunted Log podcast on Discord. The haunted what? I'm sorry. Haunted log. Here. L O G. 
Yep. L-O-G, yeah. Okay, Haunted Log. And it's a secondary podcast that we're doing about uh, the Books of Magic, Volume 2. We call it the Hunting Timothy uh, podcast. Yes. I threw up an invite for you. Ah, you beat me to it. <laughs> I can't do it because I got a crappy. Uh, yeah, I don't have iPhone, so I got I to gotta write it down. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> uh, you'll I'm find it. I've got you. confidence in you. Yeah, yeah, I will find it. And I'm not in that show, so there's a, a another uh, check in the plus column. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man! After this issue tonight, Scott, you should be very grateful you're not into it or in on it. <laughs> Oh yeah, oh. the issue we're going to talk about later. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Sign us out. Yeah. Well, thanks again for checking us out. Hope you all enjoyed the show. Um, we'll be back again next week, seven central. Have a great night. It's been Ryan. Hey Nick. Talk Aloha. To you guys later. Bye. See ya.